Hello and welcome to the Men Able Matters podcast, brought to you by the Men Able Movement. I'm Steve Whitten, the founder of Men Able, and it's our intention to bring you hints, tips and the inside stories from our fabulous guests to help you to understand mental health and to get the global automotive industry talking about it as an everyday subject. So join us with another fantastic guest here on Men Able Matters. So welcome to another episode of Men Able Matters with me, Steve Whitten. Now, I've got a fabulous guest today, and this is a chap that I did some work with probably about 10 or 11 years ago, and um, he got back in touch with me not so long ago, actually, because he'd seen the stuff that we were doing around Men Able and uh, wanted to rather valiantly share his story. So we met up and had a coffee, socially distanced, of course, and uh, he shared his story with me, and I can't help to say that I was actually totally inspired. So um, he's been through the mill a little bit, and I know he's going to share some of that uh, as much or as little as he wants. Uh, so it's my absolute great pleasure to introduce uh, to Men Able Matters, David Cately, who is the General Manager for Sales and Operations for Suzuki GB. David, how are you, sir? Hi, Steve. Yeah, I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank I feel I need to get my breath back after that introduction. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great introduction. Yeah, I feel totally privileged now, Steve. Thank you very much for giving me that warm welcome. Thank you. Oh, you're a top man. Well done. So thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, now, could you do me a big Men Able Matters favour and uh, just give us a bit of an overview of who you are, where you're from, what you do, and a little bit of a, a sort of an overview of the story that, that led you to kind of get in touch and, and for us to talk again? Yeah, of course. No problem. I'm, thanks for having me. Um, and obviously helping support your great cause, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. And oh, thank you. It's great to see the industry is now waking up to mental health, especially in men, because um, usually the traditional machismo is most likely to st stifle some of this discussion about human needs. Yeah. And instead, instead of just focusing on the commercial challenges that we go through every day, mm. um, I mean, I consider myself to be a highly commercial um, with the it, the potential to impact the workings of a national sales company on a regular basis with a large team, large dealer network. So I thought for that reason, I'd like to share my journey over a dozen years or so. Mm -hmm. Hopefully doing that would demonstrate some openness to talk about some of the most human challenges we can face. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's okay with you. Um, yeah, by all means. Yeah. And, and, and you know, right. what we do during this, David, to be honest, is sort of let you go, at your own pace and at your own flow, really, so that you share what what's right for you, and uh, and you know, okay. I'll probably prod you with some questions along the way if that's all right. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, so, I think if I take you back, just when we first met, mm -hmm. it was about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, so it's probably what 2010, 2011, something like that. It was mm -hmm. twenty ten, um, and um, at that point. It was quite a high-pressured environment at that point. And I was a regional sales manager at that point, so I was um, operating in the southeast. Mm -hmm. um, and I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety at the time. Um, we just trans transitioned into a new um, area of the business. Pressure was really high. Um, so and those sort of circumstances, you sort of try and suck up and get on with it. But I had quite a lot of low moods, um, a lot of chest pains, sleeping was very difficult, and I had quite a lot of negative thoughts. Right, right. Uh, 
So my wife, bless her, at the time, recognised that, recognised I wasn't myself. Um, and made me, took, made me take an NHS test online, mm-hmm. which um, assesses your mental health and to understand where you are. And the results weren't great, so I had to make a doctor's appointment. Um, but the first big step was actually recognising there was a problem, really. Um, because, as I said before, with that machismo aspect from male-dominated industry and so on, which um, can be construed that you should just suck up and get on with it and yeah. what's the matter with you, yeah. um, I'd take a step back. Um, and it was quite a difficult thing to do. So, And I've got to say, David, as well, um, although obviously on this, if you're watching the video, we can only see your sort of head and shoulders. Um, the one thing that, if you don't mind me saying, I'm not flirting with you by any means, but actually when, when somebody meets you, it's fairly evident that you look after yourself physically. I, well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you, and you do. I mean, you're always very well turned out, well-groomed. Um, you're clearly physically fit, and I know you do a lot of physical fitness stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you are the archetypal sort of shape of a, of a bloke, uh, mm. sort of physically, and yet... And I couldn't help but think about this when we were talking a few weeks ago before this, that, you know, isn't that interesting that there's somebody who's the sort of, you know, role model from a physical perspective, but actually, you you know, and you look as though you've got your stuff together. Mm. But what you're just saying to me there is that actually there was stuff going on in the background that, that nobody would have even guessed. No, I think that's the thing. It's, it's, um, you just try and hide it and try mm-hmm. and, and try and get on with life but it got to such a point that um you had to take a step back and it mm. was it was affecting everything i did so um i was referred to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. um which he made a diagnosis and prescribed me medication um and then referred me to a cognitive behavioral therapy specialist right which is the power of rational thought over emotion um and one thing I couldn't do at this point was tell the business that was going on. I couldn't tell my boss. Um, I couldn't really tell Suzuki at the point because I didn't feel it was um, the right thing to do. Because um, I thought it was a sign of weakness. And especially in quite high pressured male uh, the dominated sales environment. So I keep referring to male, but I know it's an equality aspect. So I'm not trying to say that anyway. But it was quite life changing, the CBT therapy for me. I went to a, a lady that was... Um, highly specialised and trained, made me have about 10, 12 sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the learnings were to understand the work-life balance, the need to be open, the need to relax, and the need to switch off, and also to ask for help. Yeah. One of the exercises she did with me, which was still resonates with me today, is she made me draw a pie chart. Um, and within that pie chart, she said, right, let's split this out. And how much of it is work, how much is personal, and how much is everything else. And at that point, work was probably 95% of that pie chart. So because you were in that scenario of trying to do as well as you can, it got worse and worse. You dug yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. So the personal stuff went out, family stuff. I had two very young children at the time. Wife, My wife wasn't working at the time. Um, she was starting to be a midwife at the time. So it was trying to balance all that, and there was not, none of that. And it was... You had to get back into that, um, take a step back, take a breath, relax and understand where you are and sense check yourself at every time. 
And that's been a really, really useful tool for me, especially in the recent circumstances with lockdowns and other aspects and no human interaction. It's been really, really useful. Yeah. yeah. So that worked out reasonably well for two or three years. Um, and then when I got to late 2013, um, I always wanted to be promoted. I was always an ambitious guy. I always wanted to get on, wanted to do the best that I can, um, which has worked out really well now. Um, but in late 2013, there was a role that I wanted to go for, which was um, head office based in Milton Keynes. I was living in um, East Sussex at the time. And it was a step up. Um, so I went through the interview process, everything else, thought I'd done really well, um, but I didn't get it. Um, and to be honest, at that time, I, it, I worked myself up to a point where I thought I was ready. Um, didn't get it. So I slipped back into the same patterns. But I suppose the CBT aspect gave me the opportunity to identify those aspects that I had experienced before. And it was a different time and a different me. At this point, I, I could engage with the business because uh, I could be open and honest um, and try and um, engage with the management, my management at the time and um, human resources at this point, who supported, supported me. The business was great, actually. So what, what changed then, David? Because, the first, you know, first time round, you said you, you didn't feel that you could uh, talk about it openly within the business. You might be, you were worried it was seen as a sign of weakness. So what, you know, we're only talking about a couple of years, really. So what, what had changed? I think the changing aspect is those two years have given me the chance to probably become more at ease with, you know, if I wasn't okay, right. it was okay not to be okay. Sorry to use the cliche, but it, it was okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. But I recognised that I would potentially need support or help and I could take that on. And mm. the macho aspect had then gone because mm -hmm. um, I've been through it. I'd understood. I'd learned a little bit from the, the CBT aspect. But also one of the great things the business did for me at that point I could approach them they could offer me help um and actually um they offered me coaching sessions um with a lady that um I'd worked with with you about uh, 10 12 years ago um, oh okay was that Karen yeah Karen yeah right, yeah Karen and um, she helped me understand why I didn't get the role which mm -hmm. also then soothed me in a in a way that I could understand and get my head around why it wasn't Mm -hmm. I also went back to CBT again for some mop-up sessions just to re-engage the learnings, um, get the balance plus get back on track. So um, that all really, really worked. And I think the one thing that did help me was, as you quite rightly pointed out, is taking that step back, understanding why, um, and just seeing where I'm but admitting that I needed help and I could speak to somebody about it. And that, mm. that doesn't have to be the manager, the boss. It doesn't have to be... HR, it could be a colleague, it could be anybody. Um, I think that's really important now. Uh, one of the things that we need some people to start recognise. Really yeah, yeah. It paid off a year later for me. And this isn't about trying to say, look at me, what I did and everything else. It's about uh, what I'm trying to do here is say, look, if there is a, a situation where you feel that these things are, uh, are working against you, there are ways and techniques you can get around this and mm. hopefully benefit you in the future. A year later, I was given my opportunity to go into um, more senior roles in, in sales which, in Suzuki nationally, which was which was great. I mean, there'll be other examples um, or other challenges, but since I admitted there were trials and issues, I can fall back on the experiences I've had, which stand me in good stead um, of what life throws at me now, to be honest, mm. especially as everybody would have experienced um, in this recent year with lockdown. Um, 
Um, now, prior to that, I know that, uh, well, prior to lockdown, you were telling me that, that something did happen, that life threw something at you that was a massive challenge. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'll come back on, onto that in a minute. But do you, can I just ask you, and I mean, you can tell me to butt out and, and skip the question if you want. Yeah. Do you think in the in the first round when you went to CBT and you were taking the medication, do you think you actually dealt with the root cause of the depression? Um, it's a really great question, Steve. Um, probably not. I okay. don't think because I, I sort of slumped, slumped back in two or three years later. Right. Okay. Um, so I probably didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with the thing with that is, is when you do come out of it and you maybe take some medication or whatever, you think you've got through it. Mm. It's not because um, I think some people, it, some some aspects to it can say that. It's, it's not with you for life, but there's always going to be challenges and it's how you react to those challenges. And I think the good thing was, is I had some techniques to help me get through that second period mm-hmm. and the third period, which we're, we're going to talk about shortly. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a difficult example. So just because you admit first time doesn't mean it's not potentially going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. But it's then having the courage to admit it again and also have that scenario where you can fall back on techniques that you may have learned. Yeah. Uh, definitely having that experience, although a terrible experience at the time and really horrible, it definitely taught me a few things to, um, to help yeah. me. Um, so before we get onto the, 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 the incident that happened that, that uh, caused you to probably reevaluate everything, yeah. um, like I've already said, I've bigged you up on the sort of physical health side <laughs> and, the, and the way that you look. Do you think, what, what would you say is, your, is the connection between sort of physical health and mental health? Oh, it's a huge connection. Um, and I'm asking, by the way, as a guy who, you know, is quite happy to go and walk for three miles, but then come home and devour a, a Snickers. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably no different, Steve. I, I can go and do a, a bit of exercise, but I do love my food. So um, <laughs> as I get older, I have to do more exercise. Um, or my wife tries to put me on fad diets, which doesn't last very long. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a huge benefit for me in terms of that physical aspect. Mm. Um, exercise, it really gets my mind set for the day or at the end of the day, blow the steam off. Um, and also, I mean, they say there's this, the release of endorphins and everything else, but that's scientific aspect. You've got to think, pick things that are right for you. And I think anything that is exercise oriented pays off dividends for me, mm. um, and hopefully for others, I think. So, yeah, it's really, really important. And, and do you feel a sort of uh, withdrawal symptoms if you if you ever go a day where you can't do any exercise? I used to. I used to. But. I've sort of become a bit more comfortable now because when we first met 10, 12 years ago, it was really much about, yeah, this must be physically fit. And that's mm. I think as I've got older and probably matured a little bit and time's gone on, um, yeah, I can miss a couple of days, maybe a week and not be too hard on yourself because that's the thing is, that's another thing that can then maybe make you slip back in if you're too hard on yourself with things mm. like that. So it's about balance, it really is. And I think works um, in careers, families exercise all really important but having the balance for you and taking a bit of me time is is just as important and what i've learned during this time now i'm a i'm a bit of a fan of good long walks around you know the big parks in london and stuff and i'm always conscious that you know these uh, joggers will come flying past you and they're huffing and puffing and bright red in the face and i've often thought to myself that i know that's in the attempt to sort of be good and get physically fit but it looks like it's killing him 
<laughs> so there, there for me is the reason for not doing it. But the reason I, I mentioned that is because actually um, your quest for physical fitness meant that you took on something uh, that most of us would find very challenging. And in fact, it actually very nearly did kill you, didn't it? It did, yeah. It did. Um, so I'd always, I'd always, um, I played a lot of football when I was younger, so I'd always wanted to um, find something to fill that void. And I didn't find it until about 2018, late 2018, because a friend of mine was in a cycling. And he said, oh, you should get a bike. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a bike. I don't know. But I then gave in because I thought, I, my, I'm very lucky. I live by car about 20 minutes from head office. So um, I relocated to an area uh, once I got the, the current, well, um, close to the office, so the commute was short, um, which meant about 11, 15 miles to the office. Um, so I thought, right, I'll get myself a bike. I'll start cycling to the office, backwards and forwards, and do the right thing. Um, which I did, which is great. I uh, really got into it, really enjoyed it. Um, bought one bike, which was reasonably cheap to begin with, then spent a lot of money on a bike and everything else because I really got into it. Um, did lots of cycling holidays and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was a great passion for me. Um, but I clearly remember the day, um, of a morning on September, actually all months, the end of the quarter, uh, about 28, 29, September 2019, uh, I took on a van. On my on my journey to, <laughs> on my journey to work, and I lost unfortunately. Okay, now um, who started it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I can safely <laughs> say that it was um, one of the benefits. I've had no memory of it whatsoever. Oh, so. okay, all right. That's get, convenient, isn't it? I don't get any flashbacks, and I can't tell you what it was. But as far as I know, I think I won. But there we go. So, but this mean, was one of those where there wasn't somebody at the sidelines going, "Leave it alone. He's not worth it." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. So it was on a country road, my commute, um, took on a van, lost, uh, broke five ribs and a collapsed lung, broken arm. Um, so along with two ops and a week in hospital was hardly in a great place to be at the end of quarter three. Um, yeah. They couldn't airlift me to the hospital because my lungs and my ribs and everything else. So um, yeah, it was a tough old time and it meant a month off. Um, and the problem is, is when you're, I won the challenge, not for it's a challenge really, when you in the role that you're in, high pressure, whatever role it is, sales, whatever it is, um, we should recognise that it could be any role really, that you're either, when you're either in or you're out. And if you're out, the role takes up quite a lot of your time. Um, and it was a real, real challenge. Um, and it really played havoc with me during that month. Um, I, I feel that I feel that if don't mind me saying, I feel you kind of skirted around the severity of that incident, yeah, uh, and I don't yeah. want to bring back any any trauma uh, or therapy issues for it. But you know, let, let's go back over that. That you, what did you do? You broke five ribs. Yes. Yeah, so uh, um, the collapsed you, lung. Yeah, you sound just like my wife because my wife always tells me off for trying to drum it down a little bit because she wasn't. She was the one sitting by my bedside. Right. I was. Well, I was going to come on to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she always tells me off for drumming it down. But it, yeah, it was five ribs, collapsed lung, broken arm, um, and um, yeah, I had to have two operations, um, week in hospital, um, and for my kids came and visited me. And one of the points you made earlier about being physically fit, my son. And my daughter were quite shocked on the basis they see their dad. He's always physically fit, riding his bike, at work and the house. It was one of those where you, you, even your kids were you know, 
actually a little bit distanced because they were so worried. So it was um, it was a, it was a really really tough month. And I mean, to be honest, the support of the business in terms of well wishing the dealer network actually um, well wishing. I mean, I was sent videos and stuff by the dealer network, which was fantastic, but um, it really helped me. But the thing is. Um, the experience is really tested um, mindset. Um, and one of the things is when you feel you're out of the business, I think this might resonate with some people is, is well, I'm out of the business. I'm not, they don't need me anymore because I'm not there now. And um, perhaps I'm, perhaps, you know, they find out that I'm not needed and your, your brain starts playing tricks on you. Um, um, but these tricks are actually very real to you at the time. And it's like, I've got to get back into work and, otherwise they realize like, they don't need me anymore and I won't have a job and, and all this sort of stuff and even though you spent years and years and years you know um, committed to the company doing the right things getting promoted everything else you just feel you're not needed anymore and it's um, yeah it was a really really tough time and I think having the support um, around me was great because the business was really supportive I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a very close family um, so they supported me um, and some close friends. Um, but you can have all that, but you've still got to make it right in your own mind mm, mm. Um, and still got to work it out in your own mind. So the previous experience assisted me in having a roadmap um, to get back. And I probably came back a bit early. Um, but I think um, I sort of staggered myself back in. But as I said, the beginning, the difficulty is you're either in or you're out in that, in these sort of roles. Um, so what, what do you what would you say looking back on it now then because it was what a couple of years ago 2018 18, 18 months 18 months ago. oh okay right so if um looking back on it then what would you say were the key lessons from it i mean if you you know while you were laying there in hospital being looked after and propped up and all the rest of it what what do you think was going through your mind were the you know, the lessons because i think if you didn't feel it you, you said to me the other week that you know certainly your family when they came to visit you were shocked at you know like you said you've you've played it down but quite clearly that incident could have it could have ended up with us not being able to do this conversation today yeah that's um and that's one of the things that i think um is something that i have to remind myself of how lucky I am. Um, and when you get into a scenario where you're talking about things that you take a step back, I think these things just really aren't important. Mm -hmm. um, and the importance in life is um, the things that are closest to you. So yeah. family, children, friends, other aspects. I mean, what um, Suzuki's always has been part of my life for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be other people that have had much worse experiences than I had. And obviously in the scenarios where they've lost loved ones, which is you know, tragic. Um, and I'm sure they've experienced far worse things. But I think for me in that period, it was about taking stock about what was important in life. Um, I remember, I remember one of the things when I woke up in the hospital bed, my national sales manager at the time, the text me say, you were right. Uh, how's it been? And I said to him, don't worry about that. What's the September number? <laughs> and, I, and then I said, to, I, I caught myself. And my wife was saying, really? <laughs> really? And I just went, yeah, you're right. Um, and my, my 
line manager, my director, Dale, um, said to me, switched everything off, switched all my emails off, switched everything off and said, you're only coming back when you're ready. So that was great as well. So I had ultra supportive business, ultra supportive family, but I was, you can have all that. You've still got to get it right in your own mind. And those aspects were just understanding what, how important the life work-life balance was, mm-hmm. um, which really drives my thinking today as well. Um, yeah. And if there's one thing, one message I could pass on is, and I think it's a bit cliche, it's just, understanding and reflecting how lucky you are irrespective of the time of life is really really important to understand that yeah yeah so we mentioned there about your family and your wife in particular because i know when we met we had a conversation and and i mentioned that uh you know the area of of what's what's known as vicarious trauma which is the the trauma you can suffer from you know, experience, you know, experiencing what other people are experiencing. Absolutely. Um, and you, you said your, your wife was very sort of sensitive to that. I mean, she's training to be a mid or she was training to be a midwife at the time anyway. So, you know, tell me, tell us a bit about that. How did that sort of play out? Um, well, one of the things actually is um, just going back a, a little bit, just coming off the accident for a second, if I may, I'll come back to it in a second is, when we first moved up here, which was all about my move to Milton Keynes, my promotion, everything else, our kids were seven and eight. Um, so moving them out of their school into another area, my wife had to stop her midwifery training, take six months out, um, and then hopefully get back into it. And there was no guarantee of that. Hmm. So it really affected my wife in terms of her mental health as well. So again, I could recognize that from what I'd experienced. So there was that balance as well for her um, and the, for the kids as well in terms of changing schools. I mean, um, my son is, um, is, um, has got some, um, had some underlying issues um, uh, as he progressed into some of his teenage years, which we've had to deal with as well. So having the whole family aspect and balancing out and recognise that is, is, um, is also added to that as well. But, with Louise, Louise has um, found that afterwards, and especially my mum as well, my mum had it as well. They sort of had late reactions to it, like sleep terrors and other aspects, um, which really affected um, post-accident. Uh, and for me, as I made out, it was sort of, I've tried to sort of play it down, I still do. But for them, it was really important. And there was one point where she really got really angry with me about it because it's, it's, you know, I was playing it down and I'd, gone out, I'd actually gone out on my bike um, about six, seven months after the accident. Um, I remember saying to her, I'd gone down a hill at quite a big speed and just that was it for her. She was um, very angry, um, started to cry and um, was just saying, you don't realise, really understand how it affected us because um, you don't remember any of that. And again, I had to really take stock on that and say, yeah, I need to, I need to recognise those aspects and um, mm-hmm. support my wife as well, my kids through that period. So yeah, it was a tough, tough period for her as well. And for the, yeah. And for the so yeah, it's really, really, really challenging. But, um, yeah. Come through it, which is good. That is good. Um, yeah, it's good to, to have you back. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think because I remember was, seeing posts on LinkedIn at the time, and I, yeah. I think I messaged you actually because there was a picture of you in the hospital bed. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought, well, what the hell's going on here? You know, yeah. I mean, because your first thought is that obviously somebody's ill. 
Mm. I don't think necessarily about having had an accident. Um, and I think we had a bit of a message exchange, didn't we? So, yeah, we did. And um, I think that was, that was, I was in, I came back to work in the November and I then was out in the January doing the quarter one regional meetings to go around the dealers. Um, I, get, was, I was lucky enough to be able to give an award to one of the dealers at the time. And that was the photo. It was the photo of myself in the hospital bed and photos. It was, it was just nice for me to get back to normality and say, look, this is what had happened. Um, it was nice to be interacting with people and be able to celebrate with the dealer network at the time and with other people and go back and see those people and say, look, this is, it was just really what, what was important at the time. It wasn't about getting back to work and selling, selling cars and everything else. It was about human interaction. It's about um, the people, yeah. Getting yeah. back and seeing people and, and you know, celebrating with people their rewards and mm. how lucky I was at the time. And it was, those are the things that then you realise when I said about the balance of work life. Um, but really, those are things that made it really important to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was great, yeah. Really, really important, yeah. Really. So, so where, where would you say you are now then? And I'm thinking in particular reference to, you know, where you said sort of 10, 12 years ago, you didn't feel that you could step forward and say, look, I've got this stuff going on. Um, clearly you did and got some help with that. And then you had yeah. that horrific accident that really you know put a perspective on everything for you um and you've seen obviously what we're doing through menable and stuff so where, where would you say you are you are kind of at now personally with, with stuff personally I, I feel i'm in a pretty good place now um, like i said at the beginning i think um with you doing some great this great this great work with menable it gives me an opportunity to where i feel um in a great place that hopefully mm. anything i can sh- share is less about me and more about probably others in similar positions where I was and maybe again at some point in the future so be able to better deal with the situations I've benefited over the years with the professional help mm-hmm. so I suppose and again it's a bit of a cliche it's um, I suppose the moral is it's okay not to be okay but fine mm-hmm. to accept help from others yeah um, so for me I feel like I would love to give something back um, to those that may be in similar situations. Um, and as you said, I could be considered outwardly, outwardly robust and <laughs> polished, and, um, but internal, internally face challenges like everybody else. Um, it's how you address them now um, rather than ignoring them. That's, I think, is the difference. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think um, that's where I'd like to be now. I'd like to try and help and support if I can, if anybody feels they that they can gain benefit from this and if this resonates with anybody and gives them the opportunity to come forward and um maybe make a few changes and recognize for them then i would consider that um some really a, a win for some of the things that have, that have happened and yeah yeah no absolutely david i think that is that is spot on and that's exactly what we're we're aiming to do and you know i for one properly thank you for coming forward and saying let's like, share some stuff and hope it resonates and gives other people the opportunity to sort of step forward as well. So um, with that in mind, I mean, you, you're very lucky you work for a very supportive manufacturer and OEM. I do. Yeah. um, With a good structure and so on. Um, But again, I don't want to be, you know, having a dig at the industry, but you know, there's, there's probably a difference between where you work and some other places across the sector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you know what I'm saying. So -hmm. what, what would you say are the kind of lessons for, other people out there in the sector you know what what are the challenges that the sector has that needs that it needs to address to you know get them 
to the place you're at now where, rather than where you were 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, I think it's, um, first of all, people have got to recognise that it's mental health is, is, a, is, is an illness. Mm. Um, you know, and some scenarios where people take a sick day for, um, for being, you know, stomach bugs or anything else, and sometimes that mental health day is really important to somebody else because it is an illness and we have to recognise that as an industry. Mm-hmm. First of all, we, uh, we have to, and the second point, that was the first point. The second point is that, you know, it's, we shouldn't be sweeping under the carpet. Um, and I think this, as I said at the beginning, the machismo aspect of just pull your socks up and get on with it. Son, it's not, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. And it never has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to recognize that no matter what size of the business, we need to recognize that. Um, and we need to understand our people. Um, and our colleagues and our teams, and some people need different support than others. Mm. But we need to we need to be able to recognise that and offer that support. And if somebody says, "Look, I'm not right," and I need you to recognise that, we need to stop and listen to that. Um, those are the really important things for me, and I think that's where the industry is making progress. It really is, especially with people like yourself supporting that, and hopefully some of the 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 great people that you've had on your podcast that have shown and great industry leaders that have also shown that they're susceptible to mental health illness. Um, far more important than me. Um, <laughs> they can then, if they can show that, then other people should recognise that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's where not only our industry, the whole, the whole aspect needs to, needs to be. And if we've got such important, um, Figures um, um, like you know oh, Prince William and so on that are supporting this. It's it is serious um, and really important. Um, yeah, yeah. And it can be exacerbated even more by social media nowadays, and I think um, that's even more important that we recognise that and yeah. take the time to to support these people. Yeah. So, how would you level that then for you know, let's say a dealer business where it's all about performance and targets and you know, achievement and profit and so on. But, you know, you've got a, a very varied team and some of them have got challenges and, and so on. You know, if you were, you know, advising leaders and managers of dealerships uh, in particular, what, what would be your sort of thoughts or advice to them? Well, there is a, again, I think it comes back to balance, Steve. I think, you know, everybody's, everybody in any business has got results they need to achieve. Um, but it's how we go about that. Mm-hmm. I think there's one thing that I've, learn over the last 18 months is I've invested a lot of time into um, the why aspect, you know, why, chin paradox, other aspects to really understand how my mind works. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, you don't, you don't know these things. You're not born with these things. You, you, you've got to research and understand these things. I think some of those aspects, especially things like trust now, where historically trust was never a word used in our industry in terms of employment, but, Trust and transparency now are so key and mm. so important to people now. Um, and as we've said, I think those are the key aspects of why are we doing this and why do we need to do this? Um, and really, it's about engagement and getting the best out of our people um, and our colleagues and teams. Um, and I, I would urge every leader of every business and every manager um, to take that step back and really understand the why of the business and the start the colleague engagement plus um, the 
the trust and transparency aspect. Because if you can get those things right and deal with those on one-to-one basis as collective basis, really simple stuff, then you can really get to know your people, understand them. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully try and avoid these things happening. But if they do, you understand, then you can give them the time to try and get back to peace and get back to the top level. Because at mm-hmm. some point, they may need that week. They may need that few days. Mm-hmm. Recognize that. And if you give them that time, it doesn't half really resonate with that individual or the team or the business itself to, to really understand where they need to be and hopefully improve going forward, which would be great. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, look, David, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I almost feel like there probably is a part two, but we'll... we'll... <laughs> We'll yeah, talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. But you are, uh, you know, you are a top bloke, and I really thank you and respect you sort of helping uh, to sort of spread the word and get get the message out there. Uh, and thank you for your support of of Menable as well and what we're trying to achieve with that. So um, yeah, um, if what you've said resonates with anyone, are you happy for people to sort of get in touch? Is there a good way of getting in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, it's really really important to me that um i share this story and also support the cause as we said and thank you yeah um i'm, I'm more than happy to speak to anybody yeah i'm, I'm making contact before these things by my linkedin mm-hmm. um so you can find me on linkedin um message me um my contact details are on there and yeah i'll be happy to speak to anybody um if it helps i'm here no problem brilliant that's fantastic david Caitley, thank you very much indeed for joining us on men able matters and uh, we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Steve. Thanks very much. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. You've been listening to Men Able Matters, the podcast brought to you by the Men Able Movement. If you'd like to get involved, join us at menable.org or follow the hashtag menable. Join us again for another podcast where we'll talk to more fantastic guests and get their hints, tips and insights to their personal stories too. See you again soon. Thank you.